and welcome or welcome back to Scottish and Scared. I'm Stephanie and I'm here to tell you about all things strange and unusual from my wee homeland Scotland. Before we get into it, I would like to ask anyone listening to send in their strange or unusual experiences. They do not have to be from here in Scotland. If you have any requests for future episodes or you just fancy a gab, then please do get in touch. You can email us at scottishandscared at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod. If you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share wherever you may be listening. It really does help us out and a massive thank you to everybody who already has. Hello, hello everyone. I hope you are all safe and well as usual and have had a lovely day so far. Last week's episode was missed as I was very unwell but I am feeling a lot better this week and I decided to just upload as normal to keep things in line with the schedule. I was going to do a double episode but I kind of have everything wrote out and it's kind of everything's organised for the rest of the year near enough so I just wanted to keep everything in schedule so that's exactly what I'm going to do. Nothing really much happened last week apart from me being unwell. Um, I did get tattooed just before I got sick so that was a uh, that was great. I was unwell and my arm was absolutely on fire. So that was great. Thanks to everybody who seen that on our Instagram stories and sent me a message. That was greatly appreciated. But apart from that, absolutely nothing interesting happened as per the usual. I would like to apologise in advance if you can. There is a helicopter out. I don't know what it's doing, but it's kind of just circling the area. So if you hear that, I do apologise. Uh, my cat Fang is also in the room and she is a very vocal cat. So if you hear her as well, I do apologise. But without further ado, I think we should just get into this week's episode as it does involve a few different stories that all come from one village and the surrounding areas. I was originally just telling one of these stories, but while doing my research, I stumbled onto a few other ones and decided to add them all into one episode. Now, would you guys prefer that I just did that going forward instead of just talking about one story or instant from a certain location? I can try and like collate all the things that have happened in that city or town, you know, like about folklore and mythological creatures, hauntings, ghosts. I could just, you know, collate absolutely everything from that one area into one big episode. I think that would be a lot more interesting and it gives you like a full view of the different folklore and creatures from each place instead of just one individual tale every episode and it means that you get a longer episode. So you can let me know if that is something that you would like me to do. I do think it is something I'm going to do going forward because I really did enjoy just looking through different books, sources and just getting everything into one place so yeah you can let me know on instagram or you can drop us an email that would be great thank you the place i'm going to be talking about today is a small little village called boat of garten don't know if it's boat of garten or just garten i'm just going to say garten again as i always do i apologize for my pronunciation of any of these things or people's names or anything is wrong i do apologize now boat of garten is a bit of a strange name for a village and I will admit that when I first seen Boat or Garten, I was looking into cursed objects. So I just weirdly assumed that it was like some sort of boat wreckage somewhere that was cursed. But no, it is actually a place. And the reason it is called so is because the only transport that was going in and out of the village was a ferry named Boat of Garten that would travel back and forth on the River Spey. But in 1863... The village constructed its very first railway station that is obviously still there today and it was named after the famous ferry so kind of a little memorial to the very famous ferry that used to go back and forth called the boat of Garton. so that is why 
it is called Boat Gun. Now the village itself is located just between Aviemore and Grantown on Spey and it kind of sits right in the heart of the Cairngorms National Park. It is truly such a beautiful, idyllic little village. I mean, all the little villages along this kind of line, like in this area, they are just like stunning, like just out in the country, mountains, nature, that kind of vibe. There are so many things that you can do there, like outdoor activities, leisure activities, things that you can do inside. If you're looking for somewhere that's scenic and you'd like to go and do, do a bit of hiking, see a bit of nature, this is definitely a place that you should put on your list. It does have a massive uh, golf course, a very famous golf course. Anytime I googled Boat of Garden, the first thing that came up was the golf course. It's, so if you're into golf, maybe take a wee trip there too. And it's even known as one of the only places that you're able to see ospreys nest between April and August. So there's plenty to see and do if you ever decide to visit. I think I would like to go just for the nature. I just love nature. I'm one of those people. I love being outside. I love sitting under a tree, like, I'm just one of those people. But it would not be a Scottish and Scared episode without the odd little story of demons or ghosts now, would it? As it happens, I have three little tales to tell you today. So sit back and relax as I take you through the very mysterious lore told in this area. We're going to start with the most famous story and the one that I was originally going to tell. Just north of Boat of Garten there are remnants of a large stone that can be seen on the riverbed of the River Spey when the waters are low enough. The original stone was erected in 1895 and it was kind of just like this large stone <laughs> and it was erected by a local holy man whose name did differ depending on the source some say his name was William Grant and others say that his name was Grant Slosh. So I'm just going to say Grant because that's just the common name between the two. So I will be calling him Grant going forward. Anywho, the reason that Grant had this stone erected was because he was very heavily inspired by a story that was being told of a miracle that had happened in the area. Now this miracle involved a woman who I wasn't able to find the name of, unfortunately. But she did live in the Tulloch area, which is about 30 minutes away from Boat of Garten. In the last few days that this woman was alive, she had requested to be buried in the churchyard in Ducthill, which again isn't too far from Boat of Garten. And this posed a few issues as the churchyard was located across the river and if there had been a particularly heavy rain at the time of her death, the riverbed would flood and they would not be able to carry out the woman's request safely. Now, as we know, Scotland is just absolutely infamous for rain. It rains here almost every single day and when it doesn't, there's complete madness. When the woman was told of these issues that people had, she replied, God will find a way and told them that he would ensure there would be a part of the river that would be completely unaffected so they should be able to carry out her request without any issues. Now the people she told just kind of like nodded and you know just agreed and let the woman pass away at peace knowing that her last wishes would be followed through on. And finally when she did pass the river was indeed in the middle of a very high flood but the family and funeral guests all made their way to the part of the river that she had spoken about and something completely shocking happened. The water began to divide, creating a clear and safe path for the group to pass through to the other side. Once everyone had passed through safely, the water closed back up again behind them. So as you can probably imagine, this was seen as a complete miracle and was even wrote about by the rector of Tulloch who described the event as being like the Red Sea of old, referring to when Moses obviously parted the Red Sea, although I would say that this is on 
a very very much smaller scale. Now the thing that surprises me about this miracle is that it was indeed called a miracle. Like as we know back in like the 16th, 17th century there was massive witch hunts at the time, you know people were getting killed and executed for the most ridiculous mundane things. So the fact that this woman was able to predict that a river would part after her death and then it actually did. I actually don't understand why there wasn't more talk of witchcraft. It seems a bit, seems a bit iffy. So as I said before, this story had made its way to the ears of Grant, who was said to, he was actually said to possess the gift of second sight. So this is another thing that annoys me. Men, oh, they can possess the, you know, the, the power of second sight, but if a woman at the time had possessed that, mm, witch. So he was part of a Calvinist group at the time, which is just kind of like a Protestant group. And they went by the name The Men. So great. So Grant and his group kind of used the placement of this stone to gather followers. Um, the stone was erected near to the site where the water was said to have parted. And they kind of used this as their, like, I don't know, their, their miracle stone to try and get people to buy into their ideology, come and worship the stone, all that jazz. And they would tell the locals that it was prophesied that on either side of the stone broom would flower and this was how they could prove to disbelievers that it was indeed a miracle stone. Broom is just like a large brush and when it flowers it's like a really pretty yellow colour and it's like it's really really big. But some of the sceptics in the village who obviously knew their stuff in terms of like flowers, brushes, all that kind of thing, they had said that the stone was actually erected in between two very small broom shrubs which just normal people probably wouldn't be able to tell that but the people that did were like, you've you've planted, you've put this stone in the middle of two bushes, so quite obviously they will flower at some point in the year and, you know, people who don't know any better would be like, oh my goodness, it's a miracle, but come on now. So as you could imagine, this has kind of caused a lot of religious conflict within the, the area. There were a lot of people who did believe that this was a miracle stone and there were also just as many people who didn't believe that it was a miracle stone. There was a loads of, There were loads of back and forth. And the local free church stated that the stone and the story behind it were an abominable lie and that anyone who believed in their story was disgracing God and man. But people did believe in it and they actually worshipped the stone as if it were an actual God. So this stone is stirring up a lot of negative emotions within the local community and eventually someone just had had enough and decided to smash it up and throw the pieces into the river. This person was who this person was never ever identified, nobody ever came forward. So to this day they don't know who did it. And the stone was never retrieved and put back together again. Now this is where things start to get a little dark and spooky. After the stone was broken, people believed that this had caused a curse to be placed on the remaining pieces and the river area surrounding them. And that the remnants were guarded by an evil water demon. This demon didn't have a name, it was just known as the water demon. Anyone who touched the remaining stones or attempted to move them, take them as a souvenir, you know, just play about with them, mess with them, any of that kind of stuff, was said to become a victim of this aquatic demon. There was a tale of a villager who removed a piece of the stone and took it to a nearby farm to use as a doorstop, which, just in itself, is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Why would you travel from your farm all the way down to a river, to the specific part of a river, to take a stone which is said to be guarded by a demon to use it as a doorstop? Weird, a bit strange. 
It's said that that very night, the demon entered the farmhouse and started to turn things upside down. And this continued for the next couple of months. There were objects and furniture moving around all on their own, banging and noises that they could never find the source of, and orbs and lights flying around the home at all times of the day. During the summer months, terrace ball-sized hailstones would hit the house, along with large rocks that would come down the chimney and fly through unopened windows without breaking them, which I think is a bit redundant. And the worst thing that this creature did... Now this... I mean, this is just... This is straight up out of a horror film. The creature would throw straw and grass and debris all over the floor of the house every single day. So no matter how well the family cleaned up or sweeped, there was always something on the floor. Now, I don't know about you, but that is straight up horrific. I don't like crumbs. I'm one of those people, I don't like crumbs. I don't like eating in my bed. I don't like to feel stuff I don't I don't like sand like I don't like things on my skin so that that is honestly one of the most horrific things I've ever heard so one day the family just became absolutely sick and tired of all this and the local minister did pay the family a visit he advised them to burn a small roan tree outside of the house which was an old cure for witchcraft um I don't think this is witchcraft I wouldn't say this is witchcraft I'd say it's more of a haunting but you know whatever and it's safe to say that this did not actually work and sadly, the family would then go on to die off one by one in unexplained and very, very strange circumstances. There was one member of the family who didn't die and she was like an older woman. She was kind of like, she was described as a hag, which we all know where this is going. So everybody suspected her of witchcraft and she was kind of shunned by the community because they just thought it was weird that her entire family perished and she didn't. So she got shunned from the community, which, but bang out, but okay. And when the next family moved into the farmhouse, the very first thing they did was take the stone and place it back into the river where the others were located. And just like that, everything seemed to go back to normal within the home. Another few little, like, stories I read that I couldn't really find any, inform like, factual information. They were just kind of, like, stories that were said in passing. Um, there was one story that five boys were out on their bikes one day and they were just kind of messing about, doing what boys do, you know, playing in the woods, whatever, and they went down to the river and they all decided to take a stone each from the riverbed. And goes that all of the boys eventually did die one by one. And they also died in very strange circumstances. So that is a bit odd if that did happen. That an entire family and now five young boys have all died taking things from this riverbed. The second story that I read was that of a small plane that had crashed into the water near the stones. Um, I think this was during like World War Two times. Uh, it had actually crashed close to the site, not at the site, but close to it. And it was whispered throughout the village that the pilot of the plane was actually one of the boys that had taken one of the stones when he was a young man. So if that's true, that is very, very bizarre. But I couldn't, as I said, find any factual information on this. I also read somewhere a completely different story as to how the stones got there in the first place. So the story that I just told you about um, Grant, and the, the lady who died and asked, gave the prophecy and stuff. That was the main story that I read from countless sources. But then, just as I was finishing my research, I stumbled on, like, this, just this tiny, tiny little article that said that the story, that wasn't the story at all. The original story was that this stone was already in the riverbed, and a witch actually used to sit on the stone, 
and she would like wait on villagers coming to see her and giving her gifts and giving her food and you know kind of just like appeasing her to keep her happy because she's a witch uh and then one day one of the villagers got angry and couldn't be bothered with this woman sitting on this rock being you know pondered after and he decided to smash up the stone and obviously the woman got the witch got very very angry about this and she cursed the stone and the riverbed um, creating the, the demon that kind of thing that was the only source i could find with that story i couldn't find any other sources but i just thought it was really weird because if you listen to our last episode there were i was talking about a mermaid's curse which is basically the exact same story um the story i told about the mermaid was that she would sit out on this rock and sing and she annoyed one of the people that lived near it they went out smashed the stone she got very angry she put a curse on the family and you know people died so it's kind of like it it just was a bit strange how we had just talked about that and it was kind of the same along the same lines of story the stones are actually still there to this day but it is very hard to see them if the water is not low enough and I'm be honest, I don't think I would be brave enough to touch them. Never mind, take one as a souvenir. I don't need any more bad juju in my life. It seems like my life is just a never-ending cycle of bad luck. But we keep going and we think positive thoughts. I tried to see if I could find some pictures um of the stone, but there is one picture that comes up and it's like this. It looks like a large. It looks like a really big stone. It looks like the side of a wall. Obviously, there's nothing near it to reference it to how big it is. The story talks as though these rocks are like in pieces on the riverbed. This picture is of an actual slab that is still standing today. So I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I would have to go and see it for myself. But that is the stories that I've heard about the stone. If you have ever been there or you've heard a different story or anything like that, please get in contact and let us know. But moving swiftly on, the next creature I would like to tell you guys about is the Bodic, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing right. Once again, I'm terrible with pronunciation. But I'm going to say Bodic, that's what it looks like. Um, this creature is a spirit that dwells within the woods around Loch Garton and the surrounding countryside. It is said that if you bump into this creature or hear him, he would give you a warning of the impending death of a loved one or friend in the form of a high-pitched deafening scream so he's kind of like a banshee but a dude if if you get my drift like um i'm sure a banshee is an irish spirit if i'm not mistaken and if he was seen which was rare he would take the form of a large glowing shape with no defining features now i'm saying he because that is how he's just the pronouns that they use when they speak about the spirit which i don't really know how they know he's a man because he has no defining features and he's just a large glowing shape but i'm just going to say he because that's what everybody else is supposed to say uh a local man donald mcpherson he told his tale of the encounter he had had with the creature and it is actually still talked about to this day because he's actually known to be the last person to ever see the border donald told people his tale of the encounter he had and most people just listened, didn't think much of it, just let this old man tell his tale and that was it. But not long after Donald told this story, his friend, who was a tenant at the farm Donald played cards at, was sadly found dead. How he died was never mentioned, but I do think it may have just been of like natural causes, nothing too sinister. At the funeral, as they passed the same spot on the road where Donald claimed to have met the creature, the horses pulling the funeral carriage stopped and began to kick and rear up 
which eventually led to the entire hearse being upturned to everyone's horror. Donald said that the screams coming from the horses was the exact same scream that he heard the night the creature made, the night the creature appeared to Donald, which is very, very eerie. And as of today, there have been no more sightings or encounters with the Bodak, and it seems to have just completely disappeared after this. Isn't that like the most horrifying thing you've ever heard though? Like, can you imagine being out in the woods? Like, the woods are just scary in general. Like, there's animals in there that want to eat you. They're dark. It's just, you could be murdered. Like, it's just a scary place to be in general. But can you imagine, like, walking through the countryside and you're already on edge because it's dark and serial killers and you just hear this high-pitched wailing scream? Like, I'm sorry, that is the most terrifying thing I've ever... I, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put up with it. Just, a, just, we'll just veer off topic for a second. I remember one night when I was at home on my own, when I was a teenager, when I still stayed with my parents and we had a dog and one night I was in the house alone and all the lights were off and I was sitting in the living room and I was, I think I was watching a horror film or something like that and for some reason my dog went to the front door and decided to let out this absolute wail and when I say it sounded like a child screaming and like pain and obviously I didn't know it was my dog, I just, it literally sounded like a human being human being, child, screaming and when I say that my entire body froze, I literally couldn't move, my legs weren't working, my arms wouldn't work, I was absolutely terrified um, to the point where I actually had to call my neighbour to come, in. well my mum actually had to call my neighbour to come into the house to get me because I was so terrified because I had no idea that it was my dog, I just thought that there was this thing in the house that was screaming, yeah it was absolutely terrifying, uh, the neighbour had to actually come in and rescue me which is pathetic but thank you to the neighbour, you know who you are who helped me that night I was absolutely petrified so just like I can't imagine being outdoors in a dark place and just hearing that noise like I honestly just think I would just lie down and die I'd be like that's it it's over it's time to go let's just let's just die gracefully but the Bodok is obviously just known to be one of those creatures that's like an omen to see them hear them um as I said similar to the Banshee now the last creature we're going to be talking about today is the monster of Loch Garten. That is their name. I really don't know if you're starting to see a pattern emerging here, hmm? but I'll talk about it then. So this large water beast was described as a hybrid of a large black bull and stallion with a thick black mane. So very menacing to imagine this completely jet black creature with piercing eyes. Just imagine that. It was said to have a massive head and piercing eyes and it would only ever be sighted at night and was said to have preyed on small children and lambs in the field. The only story I could find about this creature was by one of the locals that said they had tried to capture the creature and they did this by tying a rope to a boulder and a gaff. Um, a, gar- a gaff is just like a large pointed stick and it's usually used to like catch fish and they attached all this together and then they attached a lamb as bait and then he threw this in the middle of the lock and kind of just hoped the creature would show some interest. That night there was said to be an absolutely shockingly terrible storm and the monster was heard to be snarling and howling all night, frustrated that he was going to have to go into the water to get this meal. In the morning when they went to check on the trap, the lamb and boulder were completely gone and there was just like this dent path in the sand where the boulder had been dragged from the lock into the tree line and you know although the capture was a complete failure this was said to be the last anyone ever seen or heard from the creature again so once again we have 
a monster that lives near water in the surrounding areas. Couldn't find a lot of stories about it, apart from this one. And then all of a sudden it just completely disappears into thin air. The lock is actually, this particular lock is said to have been the home of Kelpies as well. So if you've listened to our previous episodes, you will have heard me talking about Kelpies. And they are just basically another kind of water horse spirit that lures people to the water and, you know, like, just drags them down, kills them, eats them, that good old stuff. So those are some of the tales I would like to share with you about this wonderful little village. But I'm sure there are other folk tales and stories to be told. So if you know any of them, please drop us an email or a message. I would be happy to tell them on the podcast. And as I said there before, I don't know if you noticed that there seems to be such a lot of creatures and demons all living in the waters around Scotland, it is so weird. And I think I say this in every single one of the episodes where I talk about water. We have, like, so many water creatures that they just want to kill us. Like, there are so many... I'm ever out in the forest or the woods and I'm on a hike and I see a body of water. I don't want to go near it because there might be some sort of weird creature in it. And if I ever see a horse near the water when I'm out, I will by no means be approaching or being anywhere near it, because there seems to be a lot of horse creatures as well that, you know, kind of wander the waters around here. I mean, it makes sense, there are so many lot rivers, bodies of water, and we are obviously surrounded by the ocean, so it would make sense. But I just feel like when I look at one creature, I just get pulled back to the water again. But that is sadly all I have time for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope you guys enjoyed hearing these tales. And I will definitely see you in the next one. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Stay weird, stay scared. Bye, friends.